Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The fan is doing NCAA tournament games. They're also going to start doing classic games for every sport. Now, especially since we have the void, since we're past opening day, and we all miss that terribly. Uh, they're going to do classic games, classic Yankee games. And Susan Wolman, who joins me now on the fan, will be doing the pre-games and kind of hosting the classic Yankee games that they're going to do this week. So there'll be classic Met games, Yankee games, Nick games. So uh, all these classic games that you've never heard uh, or haven't heard and will bring back memories in this crazy time. Uh, you'll be hearing them on the fan and hearing them here and there. Uh, and again, the uh, CBS network is also replaying all the NCAA tournament games so you can see some of the classics. Matter of fact, on channel on CBS Today, Channel 2 in New York, CBS network around the country, they're playing three NCAA tournament classics this afternoon if you want to see some great old-time basketball games. And Susan joins us now. Susan, welcome. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm sort of like everybody else. I go through phases of being okay and being absolutely terrified. And I want to I want to bring something up. You had a caller on a couple of hours ago who lived through the Hong Kong flu in the 60s, and he asked you why we weren't this terrified and why we went on. And I'll tell you why. Because in the 60s, at 6.30 at night, you turned on Walter Cronkite or you turned on Huntley and Brinkley, and that's where you got your news. There was none of this 24-hour news cycle. There were not 7 billion experts scaring the bejesus out of everybody. And I've come to the, the fact that if it's not Andrew Cuomo or Dr. Fauci, I don't want to hear from them because it just is scaring absolutely everybody. When you were talking about these latest uh, places where the virus has broken out, I thought of something that Governor Cuomo said a couple of uh, days ago when he said the re- to the rest of the country, look at us, we're the canary in the coal he did. mine. Yep, he we did. are your future. And that's what this is, is going to be. And I think the difference in why there wasn't as much fear in the late 60s was because it wasn't at you every single second because there was no CNN, there was no MSNBC, there was no Fox News. You just went on the regular stations, the four of them, and you got your news once a day and maybe in the morning. And I think that's that's a lot of it. There was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no Insta, whatever. Um, and I think that that has contributed to this massive fear 
and maybe you know and and people going going through is, is well you should be afraid because you know i i have many friends the broadway community's been hit very hard with this particularly people that were in shows and close together and so i know a lot of people who have come out the other side or not come out the other side and it is a terrifying thing but this 24 hour a day stuff listening you know put turn off the news go outside play with your dogs if you can um just walk around look at the trees look at it look at something because sometimes this is just not helpful do you ever remember the hospitals being overrun like this before though i I, I, I do not no this is this is terrifying and by the way i don't know how they got the javits center ready for tomorrow that is an astounding 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 that they've got a thousand beds um there was a virtual you could you could look and uh, governor cuomo was showing pictures of it Uh, i don't know how they did this this is unbelievable. That is the biggest building I've ever seen in my entire it life. It is. It's amazing how big it is. And even, now they're going to equip Aqueduct. And Aqueduct is a vast building. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a it's a racetrack that can hold you know seventy eighty thousand people. I mean, it is a vast building. And now they're going to use that. And I mean, the idea. And and think about it. I was watching the guy who runs Mass General the other morning on TV. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've, you live there, you know there, you know how great the hospitals are in Boston. Uh-huh. I mean, and they're talking about how they can't handle the flow of people. What would you do at a, if a rural area gets hit? They might have one hospital for 500 miles. That, I mean, that's, that's the whole problem. In Boston, they've got that massive new convention center. There are all kinds of things they can do. I don't know. You were naming towns that probably we've all never heard of. What do these people do if they get sick? Uh, no, and it's I crazy. And that all but maybe 1% of the entire population. Well, that's 1%, and it sounds really good, unless you're in that 1%. And that's, um, that's the scary thing um, about this. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, because you know how emotional I get. When I heard your music come on, I, like, started to cry, because it was a sense of normalcy, and I haven't heard it for so long that it was like opening day really hit me. The whole thing really hit me. And uh, John and I were on with uh, Joe and Evan at 3 o'clock when we would have started the game. And um, I, I said, well, I don't know who the Yankees lineup would have been. I guess it would be Brett Gardner. And I introduced John by saying, and as Brett Gardner steps, into the, <laughs> steps up to the plate, although I'm wrong because it would have been John Means on the mound, so it probably would have been D.J. LeMahieu, but I was shaking as I said it, because there's so much that we take for granted, and it's just not here, and we'll get through this. We'll, you know, we all get through it, some, be- some better than others, but we'll get through this. It'll just look a, a little different, um, but you kind of have some sort of normalcy. So when I heard your music come on today, <laughs> you really kind of set me over the oh, edge that's good. that music. Well, you know, it's funny. Your year is such a routine. You know where you're going to be. With baseball, you know you're going to be every day or you're on a road trip or you're in the stadium every day at the same day. You see John every day. How about, you know, have you been contacting John daily? I mean, what are you doing when you haven't seen John now for, you know, weeks on end? He calls me at least once a day. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, no, no, no. And and I I talk to him. You know, you got to – I was kind of shocked because now I – realize the word elderly and me come in the same sentence. Yeah, me too. I I still deny it. Hey, listen, I still (laughs) deny it. I told you, when I go to the movies, I still pay full price. I I do too. 
I That's will it. not take a senior discount. Either did I. I, I won't even however, join AARP. I've never joined. I'm telling I'm you. Have either. I must tell you, though, at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'll send you my pictures. I went in the dark because they had senior hour at the local shop right well, at 6 to 7 in the morning. Take advantage. I was in the dark with my scarf because I didn't have a mask. And my scarf and my whatever wrapped around getting my fruits. You know, I, I, you know that's where you could take advantage. They, they now have a senior hour, and my yep. daughter Emily, who is here working on the show with me today, you know Emily, and she yep. said, she said, Dad, you can go to the senior. You know, you can go to the senior hour. I'm not going off, Emily. I said, you know, that I could, <laughs> well, it's very yeah. pleasant. There's no yeah. one in the store, and um, you know, everybody is you know our age or a little older. It's crazy. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. So anyway, I have talked to John just about every day. He's going to be part of this. Uh, what we're doing, it's, uh, we're doing the 2009 games. We're going to take 2009, right. and we're going to split this up. Our first game, we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then I think Howie is doing Thursday and Friday with some Met games. This week, what we're going to replay is CeCe's first victory. That was um, in Kansas City, I believe. I believe CeCe's going to join me at, at 630. Um, so that game will be played starting in full at 7 o'clock. On Tuesday, we're going to go, it's... Uh, in Cleveland, it was the day the Yankees took over first place for the first time, the end of May. And then on Wednesday, <laughs> we're going to do uh, the uh, the Met game, the Castillo pop up. I put a I put a call into Alex, but he's very busy talking to the president. So I uh, guess, yeah, I, I guess, guess he can't but, talk to me. I, 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 you know, he's got other things to other fish to fry right now. I gather. Um, yes. I, as I was text, as I was uh, telling somebody and kidding, I'm, I'm really wonderful. It's really wonderful that Alex. <laughs> has taken his time away from things to get his medical degree. So That's it. I, yeah. I, I, you know, someone just asked me, why is the president talking to everybody? I said, I didn't know he was. I mean, yeah, I'm no, being, he, uh, he called, yeah. I, I believe, to uh, ask him how he thought it was going. Oh, well, uh, okay. All okay. Right. Well, okay. okay. All yeah. right, well, listen, I wish he'd ask Fauci more, you know, how it's going. Yeah, well, yeah. Dr. Fauci is a calming voice as well as he tells you the truth, but there's something about his manner. What a great bedside manner he has. Yes. And, and the governor also. I mean, Yeah, no, is- uh, Andrew, who I, you know, I know Andrew pretty well. I knew his mm-hmm. dad really well. Andrew has really shined here. He really has. And he isn't a guy who's had the, you know, people don't love Andrew. I mean, you know, he's got a very, very cranky personality to begin with he's a he's a guy who's you know a little dictatorial but mm-hmm. he has come off he has come off you know these are like fireside chats with him now Absolutely. he he has been he has been brilliant in these things every day there are some there are some situations mike where a little dictatorial is okay because there does come a time, because he's got a way, and he's on now, um, that he's got a way of talking, and then he quotes his father, and he talks yep. about talking to his mother for hours. On, and his daughter, and yeah. his daughter's yeah. there, one of yeah. them is there, and, yeah. you know, and I remember when Andrew, I guess it was when he graduated from college, he worked for his dad for a dollar in the state in the state house worked for him for a dollar and so he was talking about how he was he was going to pay his daughter less than what he got with his father so he has that side but then he starts talking about his daughters and the talks they've had and um and his mother talking to his mother every day for 45 minutes so but there is a time for, there is a time for that kind of personality and Cuomo has got the right mix for this boy he really has I'm Mike Francesa on The Fan, and of course on uh, CBS Sports Radio, you're listening to Susan Waldman, of course, the vo- familiar voice uh, around the country. 
We're both uh, on the network today uh, as the fan and the uh, CBS Sports Radio has merged uh, to one show. Um, He did say today, and he's been very honest, brutally honest, okay? His statement today is, this is not going to get better soon. So, I mean, that is his message today in big, bold letters. Uh, And, you know... He's been very honest. He really has in what he said. Uh, you know, I really believe, and I've been saying this for two weeks, pounding the table, we got to get people tested. Uh, yeah. That's got to be the key because then we can send them back to work once we know they're healthy. And that's got to be the key. And, you know, he's. they now say we have five-minute tests. If they do, we got to get them out as fast as we humanly possibly can. But let's talk baseball for a couple minutes. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I, the other day, talked about, my favorite opening day, which I, probably people were like, what is he kidding? Was 1969 when the Yankees opened in Washington with Mercer and Jerry Kenny hitting back-to-back homers. Mickey had just retired, and they became probably the nondescript Yankee team of all time because the Mets went won the world that year. They won the World Series. They were the Miracle Mets. The Yankees went 500. But I was talking about the transition of that team. Pepitone and Tresh oh. starting the season, Mercer and Kenny, and all this stuff. What since you've been doing the Yankees, which now goes back decades, what opening day, if any, sticks in your mind? Is there one that sticks out to you? Yeah, it does. 1996 really does, because we had left spring training, and there were so many things going on. Joe was new. Everybody was new. Uh, Derek Jeter only got the shortstop job because Tony Fernandez um, broke his elbow. May he rest in peace, a wonderful man. And And didn't he almost trade Mariano for Felix Fermin or something? Yeah, I mean, imagine that. It's too late. I already told him he's on the team. There was so much going on. And of course, that was also, don't don't forget, that was when Joe Girardi first came here and was booed at the fan right. fest. Right. They had traded Mike Stanley. Right. And it was just, uh, there was so much. They didn't have a second baseman. They didn't know what was going to happen. And all they had was this 20-year-old shortstop or 21-year-old shortstop. And we opened against Cleveland, and Jeter made the first of those over, those catches that he made yep. at shortstop and hit a home run. And I remember Zimmer told me that he turned to Joe and he said, I think this is going to be okay. And I'll never <laughs> forget that day. I just remember that day so vividly. And that, of course, as you know, was my favorite year of all time. We all went through all kinds of things. Well, well, but do you year. remember, honestly, do you remember that first week when they got off to the lousy start and they, and, and they were all in trouble in Seattle? Remember that yes, early? That uh, was 1998. That, yeah, that yeah. I mean, I mean, that season, did they win opening day that year? I'm trying to remember. They, Did they won l- one game and then lost. They were one and three. One and three, anyway, okay. We were in Seattle, and yeah. this that was the year. At the beginning, that was the year that uh, we played, um, uh, what do you call them, spring training games in San Diego. And we okay. went to San Diego, and uh, we got a plane that was owned by the Sultan of Brunei. And we, had to, we couldn't land. If it took off in America, it had to land outside of the country. So we landed in Tijuana. And this is all before the season. And, you know, that was the year that the bus, that um, the guy driving the bus from Tijuana, San Diego, the, one of the buses turned over because some of the players were giving the bus driver a hard time. And, wow. And it was, oh, it was amazing. They had, uh, that was all, we were on the first bus, and the guys came on in Tijuana with the guns and the, and the bullets like Z, uh, Ziva Zapata, Viva Zapata. <laughs> and he gets on, and there are German shepherds and these guys with guns and one guy gets on and looks around and he looks at the second seat and he goes Don Zimmer how you doing 
<laughs> and then they played two games at University of San Diego uh, for Tony Gwynn, and Mariano fell in a hole and pulled his groin. So he wasn't available at the beginning of the season. And that was the year we go to Seattle, and they're 1-3. We've just come from San Diego with all of that going on. And the players call a meeting because Joe's got to be fired. Don't forget this is after 97 when yep. they lost to Cleveland in yep. the first round. And Joe's about to be fired, and David Cohn and Paul O'Neill um, had this players-only meeting, and they were, like, talking and talking and talking, and then, <laughs> and then 98 turned into... One one extraordinary year. Didn't amazing. Didn't so well, but it, it turned out okay. Yeah, utterly amazing. We're talking with Susan Woolman. And, you know, I, I was just thinking, the, the you know what the, the nation needs right now? It needs a little Joe Torre in a Yankee uniform, because who was more soothing in a Yankee uniform when there was chaos than Joe Torre? I mean, Nobody. who... And you Who, want to hear, I, Joe Torre just made everything seem like it was okay, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he always he, he always calmed the war. He had that. He always has that very. He never gets excited. Very calm. When George would get crazy, or the team would get crazy, or whatever. There, that's what America needs right now. It needs a version of Joe Torre in a Yankee uniform. That's exactly I, I, what it I needs. I agree with you. As you were talking about that, I thought of one particular story. Andy Pettit had had a particularly bad inning, a fifth inning or something, and had all kinds of men on base and run scoring. And, and I remember saying to him, he did win the game. And I said to him, um, we, weren't you nervous? And he said, no. And I said, well, why not? Because you're so hard on yourself. Because I looked in the, in the dugout, and there was Mr. Torrey sitting there, and he looked calm as a cucumber. And if he's not nervous, why should I be nervous? And that was the kind of thing that Joe Torrey had, and it still has when you talk to him. And you're right. So now anytime I'll look at television, if it's not Andrew Cuomo or Dr. Fauci, I'll just pretend that it's, it's Joe Torrey in a Yankee uniform calming us all down. Well, think about it, Susan. You, and you knew this better than anybody because nobody was closer to George than you were. George absolutely nuts after game two of the, of the 96 <laughs> series. The Yankees have been embarrassed by this Braves team, which came into the series an overwhelming 2-1 to favorite against the Yankees to begin with. The Yankees get hammered by Andrew Jones. They get embarrassed by the Brave pitchers. They get smoked the first two games. We're all saying, all right, at least they got to the World Series this year. You know, we're figuring they're going to, what are you going to do? And then you got Torrey sitting there and George comes running in, screaming at him. And he's like, George, don't worry, we'll go back into Atlanta. It's my town and we'll win three games and come back and wrap it up. And Lo and behold, you know, you and I were sitting a week later in the booth after the Yankees had just won 3-2 to two in Game 6. Still the loudest night I've ever been in Yankee Stadium in my whole life. I've always said that. The Joe Girardi triple was the loudest I ever heard Yankee Stadium. And that includes back to Mickey Mantle. So, I mean, that stadium that night, it seemed like the stadium was rocking when he hit that triple. I was, I was sitting downstairs at, uh, right dugout between the dugout and first base downstairs about three rows deep and I turned around and the stadium was swaying as, yep. uh, as he got the third base and uh, that crazy series I mean I gotta believe I, I didn't I, I'm in the building after games one and two I'm not thinking they're gonna go down to Atlanta and win you know three games in a row against that team and lo and behold we know what happened uh, in Atlanta and there was Tory saying oh yeah don't worry we're gonna win this series so That's my you know, that, 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 it, it, yeah George was like beside himself, and don't forget, he did that when the team went to Texas, too. And he said, and George, don't worry about this, we're probably going to lose, 
down there because we haven't played in a while. And he was just so nonchalant about the whole thing. Funny thing about that night, because um, during the game, the seventh inning, I saw George at the top of our, where our old radio booth was, where the radio people used to sit. And I went up to say, you know, hello, because it was, <laughs> it was pretty clear I thought they were going to win. And I go up and it's the seventh inning, and I would say hello and all that, and I go to turn around. He says, where are you going? And I said, well, back to my seat. And he said, no, you came here. You have to stand here. You can't, you can't move till the end of the game. And I didn't. I had to stand right in the back with George till the end of the game for two innings. So it was, yeah, that was, um, that was about as, as good a year as you could have. I think I heard, I don't know if you, you must have been there. I think the only time I ever heard the building louder was in 95 when they started. Mattingly hit the homer? What, no, the introductions. When oh, they introduced okay. Buck, and then when they got to Mattingly, it was just because it was Donnie's only time yep, and first yep. time, and that was the only. It was such an amazing. That's when I first felt the swaying and the screaming. I think that's the loudest I'd, I'd ever heard it. And I've stayed away from baseball a, a lot, but I turned on MLB a few days ago, and what are they playing? Game five in Seattle, the most depressing oh. night of my entire life, oh. <laughs> and that plane ride that was after it, and there they were, and David Cohn talking about it with Lou Pinella and uh, Bob Costas on MLB, and I said, this is what I come back to. i got to turn on, and there's this, the worst night of our lives. The One of the worst bullpen performances the Yankees ever had, and then went on next year to have the greatest bullpen performance ever in 96. Let, Susan, let me get some breaks in. Stay with me. I'll uh, be back with Susan right after this. We know you want to see college basketball this time of year, so tune into CBS and CBS Sports Network all week long for NCAA Tournament Rewind and relive some of the best moments from March Madness. The fans running classic games. Fans also going to be running a lot of old ball games, classic events, old-time games, Nick games, Ranger games, Met games, and Yankee games. And Susan Waldman, who's with me, will be... Uh, along with John Sterling hosting the Yankee games as early as tomorrow night, right? Is it tomorrow night? The it first is time? Indeed. Okay, so she'll be doing that this week. So you can hear John and Susan. I know you missed them right now as they'll be back soon doing games. And it'll be, a, you know, we'll all remember what it's like as we put our feet up on a July night at the stadium mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you're looking out over the fence. And you're just looking out as I am sometimes. And a lot of times when I'm there, I'll just glance up. And Susan knows when I'm there. So she sees me. Uh, and I see her up there in the booth. And it'll be like normal then. And it'll be 80 degrees and humid. And it'll be a big night at the stadium. And then everyone will be excited again. Or you'll be, you know, walking a golf course somewhere in the sun one morning and not worried about all this. It'll happen. Now, it won't happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen again. So we're going to get there sooner or later. So it's got to keep staying home and doing what they tell us to do. And eventually... Uh, we'll all get there. So the first game is going to be which game? What are we going to uh, hear the first? The first tomorrow game night? tomorrow is CeCe's first win as a Yankee. That okay. was in uh, April. It was his second game out. Remember, he got pummeled the first game um, when he opened. As a matter of fact, he got pummeled his first game, and then A.J. Burnett went out, and he got pummeled. So everyone's looking, oh, these two big free agents. Oh, boy, maybe this isn't going to work out so well. And then he goes to, to uh, Kansas City, his next game, in seven and two-thirds shutout innings, and uh, he gets his first win. And obviously, CeCe did pretty well here. So that's the first game we're doing. And then Tuesday, it's a game in. 
when I, it's at Cleveland, but it's the day the, the Yankees went into first place for the first time. And then on Wednesday will be the Yankee-Met game, which should have been over. And um, A-Rod hits that oh. pop-up, and Castillo loses it, and uh, both Jeter and Teixeira. And Teixeira, I, in order as I was reading over the play-by-play of it, because I couldn't remember who was on base, as I'm reading it, I'm saying, I've, I remember saying I've never seen my, Mark Teixeira run so fast in my whole I, life. I, I was sitting there and remember it well, like it was yesterday. Unbelievable. I, uh, uh, and he was motoring around the base. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And the fans were so crazy outside the stadium after the game. Just absolutely nuts. I mean, that was, that was such a strange... I mean, that was, that was one of the real games that just, you know, just... Just knocked people for a loop. There's no and question. You know what, really Mike? Did. Here's the difference. You know how John always says baseball is different yep. than the other sports. Look what we just did. We were just going through games that were um, over ten years ago. I was describing a bus ride with Don Zimmer in Tijuana in 1998. Yep. There isn't another sport where you can go through entire innings. Um, I can still go through the fifth inning um, in Boston with Jim Womborg laying down a bunt on the last sure. day of the season and Dalton Jones moving around. That's 1967. Yep. You it's, can, it's, it's no right. other no. sport can you do this. No. And everybody can do it. You know, everybody that's that's sitting home listening, you have a game that you remember and you can go through it. You just can. That's just what baseball is to the people, you know, that that love baseball. It really is it's really something. Well, not, but people need baseball. People have to know baseball's there. Baseball offers stability to our culture. It's just the way it is and People will get a feeling of normalcy when baseball comes back, when they can know they can turn the game on at 1 o'clock. And where baseball's different is very different than any other sport. You might make an hour or make a a time where I can't go somewhere because I want to watch this football game. Okay, fine. But with baseball, it's different. All right, I'm going to listen to these three innings in the car, and then I'm going to listen to these three innings in the backyard, and then I'm going to be here, but I can listen to the – and you can take baseball with you. Plus, the advantage of baseball – and I told you this when you made the switch. I said, Susan, never discount. Baseball's relationship to the radio is yep. unlike any other sport because I know people who prefer baseball on the radio to TV right. because baseball works on the radio. You don't feel like you're missing anything. You can experience baseball – in the backyard. I like it. I like to go out to the pool and swim and listen to the game. I do it all the time. I do it all the time in the summer, and I love doing it. I listen to the game. I listen to you guys while I'm swimming. I do it all the time. And baseball, you can take it's your companion. You can take it with you while you're traveling, while you're doing whatever you do, and no other sport. First of all, every other sport you listen to on the radio, you feel like getting cheated that you're not li- watching it. Right. Baseball, you don't feel that way when you're. The game is great on the radio; it really is, and it really is is something that is a part of everybody's life. Always has been. I mean, there isn't anyone that I know that can't remember a time when they were a little boy or a little girl with their little transistor radios yes. or whatever you know, or their phones now underneath their pillow when their parents told them to go to sleep. I remember well, they did the one of me with the- Mantle that became one that they used for years and years where I talked about Mantle breaking his foot and I was supposed to be listening to the game and I ran out to to see how bad it was because I just heard that he broke his foot on the radio I was, uh, and it was 11 o'clock at night and I got yelled at because I was up and I was running to see my brother who was six years older was watching the game on TV and I ran in and said how bad is he hurt? He had broke his foot in the center field fence. Mm. 
It, it's, it is the one sport that you really do. And I think also with it, when I get in the car leaving the stadium, what do I do? I don't turn on music. I turn on somebody's game on the West Coast. And you're listening and you get familiar. Radio broadcasters are different than any other broadcasters. A local radio broadcaster um, becomes, whether you like them or not, becomes part of your Part of the team. Hey, of you, the listen, team you guys part are part of the team. There's no question. And people treat you like that. You are part of people's lives every day. They get used to listening. They hear everything. That's just the way it is. You become part. Radio is personal. It's, the, it, it's different as a medium. It's personal. And People treat you differently who know you from the radio because they feel like they know you. And right. that's, it's always that way. I've known that from doing the talk show all these years. People feel they know everything about – they live everything with you. They know everything about you. They know some things that just floor you that they know about you when you meet them. It's unbelievable. And here's the thing. When you meet a stranger, it's never, hi, Mr. Frances. It's always, hi, Mike. Yep. I get it, too. It's never Miss Waldman. Hi, Susan. It's very personal. It's yes. very different than um, when you do things on television. It just is. It's just. It's just completely. Part of it. The other thing is, you can't lie on radio. <laughs> you are who you are, and you're on. We're on four hours a day, every single day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You did the same thing. You are what is on people. Fans know in five minutes whether you're telling the truth and whether you're, you're truthful or not. They really do. No, and, no question. And, it, and that's, that's the difference in radio. You can't hide who you are. And either they like you or you don't, and that's okay either way, as long as they listen. And you become part of people's lives. As the fans, I still get, on, I have an Instagram, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do it, and there's a lot of people out there. And what I hear most of the time was, um, I miss you, and I miss that, I miss that voice. And it's, it becomes part of things. And I know how that felt. I know that, you know, growing up, you, you listen to who you listen to. They become part of your life. They become ingrained in you. And that's what radio does. And listen to this. A doctor that I know just sent me a thing that said, we turned the recovery room into an ICU due to the in inordinate number of people we needed to treat in the hospital. Imagine that. They turned the recovery room into an ICU room. That, wow. And this is a local hospital in Nassau County that the doctor just sent me a picture of, a doctor I know very well. And that is what's going on in our world today. So just to show you, and that's why we need baseball back. So Susan and John will be there tomorrow night. I appreciate a couple of minutes. Uh, be well. Anytime. Stay safe. You too. Thank Love you. To okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.